Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Court Case Podcast with me, your host, James Court. And Sweet Tea. We have got a great show for you today. We are well in the thick of 2022 now and we've got some classic Florida Man stories for you. We're going to be talking about the escape from Alcatraz in 1962 and whether we think the inmates survived or not. All of that, it's all coming right after this. Hello there, I'm David Tennant and you're listening to the Court Case Podcast. So, sweet tea, Florida man, Florida stories, that's what we want. Is it a Florida man or a Florida woman? Doesn't matter. They're all doing weird stuff over there. Yeah, like literally, I'm not even being funny. If you just search up, like, Florida news, you're just reading the headlines, you'll be like, what the... F-? Like this one, case in point, Florida man breaks into Florida woman's home to pet the family cat. Like... <laughs> Not really a big crime, but very, very strange. He's been arrested because he came back a second time. Oh, <laughs> he just loves the cat. I know. A St. Petersburg, Florida mother said she is grateful she wasn't harmed when a man broke into her home on November 20th around 3.30am and began petting her cat. It's a very strange time to want to pet a cat. Mm, yeah, 3.30am. Well, he probably thought that no one else was going to be petting the cat at that time. True. Perfect time to break yeah. in and pet it. Brittany Klein said she was in a dead sleep when a cat jumped off the bed and woke her up. When I opened my eyes, I could see the shadow of a oh, man that's standing scary. at the end of my bed, Klein said. He was standing perfectly still. I said hello, and when I said hello, he dropped very slowly down to the ground. As soon as I saw the shadow move down to the ground, I knew somebody was there. Klein grabbed her phone and turned on the light to see a man crouched at the foot of her bed, petting her cat. The man panicked, of course, she said. I said, what are you doing? Get out of my house. And he looked at me very calmly and said, hey, turned around, walked back to my doorway. From there, (laughs) Klein said he disappeared into the night. Little did she know, the man who St. Petersburg police arrested on Wednesday morning was her neighbour. Jasper Fiorenza was charged with burglary. Klein said detectives were able to pull a fingerprint off her bedroom door. It's very fortunate I had the baby gate in the doorway, Klein said. That's where they pulled the print from, so he had to put his hand on the doorframe to climb over the baby gate. The 24-year-old Fiorenza was arrested for simple battery and grand theft in 2014, so his fingerprints were in the police database. Fiorenza lives with his father, street over from Klein's home. Klein says on Wednesday, undercover detectives tracked Fiorenza from his dad's home, trying to break into other homes in the neighbourhood, including hers and Klein says he was doing it at the same time he broke into her home less than two weeks earlier right interesting that's so random 
the sca- that's the scariest thing. Had my cat not jumped off the bed and woken me up, would have I woken up with a man on top of me in the middle of the night? I hope he goes to prison for a long time. So he could have done worse than pet the cat. Could have done much worse, but mm. he didn't do much worse. Yes. And people have done much worse. But I'm not going to lie, if you woke up in the middle of the night and your cat jumps off you, like making a noise or whatever, and you see some shadow at the end of your bed, mm. terrifying. Yeah. I know. Not a fan. Just to give you guys um, another sort of idea of what sort of Florida Man stories you could find simply by typing the words Florida Man into um, Reddit, Google or Reddit. Florida Man wears the police t-shirt to court, wins case against police. You stupid bitch, grown Florida Man allegedly punched 16-year-old girl who accidentally cut him off in traffic. My God. (laughs) Florida man calls 911 when McDonald's gets his order wrong and says he has cocaine in his butt. Is this the same Florida man? Is <laughs> Can what you I imagine wanna if know. it was? Like he's just going around like pranking everyone. Or like there's like a like a group of them like you go and do this today, you go and do that and we'll all like in con- you know convene and say how it went. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make a headline, so you know. Florida man gets kicked off plane for wearing panties on his face. Right, so he's wearing woman underwear on his face. Very strange. But there was an update to his story where it said, Florida man who was kicked off a United Airlines flight over wearing a red thong on his face instead of a face mask compared himself to civil rights pioneer Rosa Parks. So you know the, um, um, back in the civil rights days, the uh, black woman that refused to give up her seat on the bus. Oh. To the uh, white people that would sit there. That's the, the historic boss. pioneer of a woman. And he compared himself to being How? kicked off a flame for wearing underwear oh on his God. face. Oh, my God. They're deluded, aren't they? <laughs> That's so great. We were out with uh, dinner with a friend the other day and James told me the story of the Alcatraz escape. Yes, yes. And I didn't know anything about it. So we're just going to touch on it on the podcast and see if anybody else knew about it. And if not, then we can all discuss it and learn. Yes, I'm sure everyone has heard of the Alcatraz prison and you might have heard possibly that, you know, there was an escape from Alcatraz prison at some point or something. But it is an extremely interesting tale. It's you know, it's something court casey, so this is something we can discuss because obviously there was a manhunt, there was an escape from a prison. Yeah. It was, it's it's amazing and there's a conspiracy theory, there's lots of theories on whether the inmates survived or not, whether they were still alive to this day or to very recently because it was a while ago. And uh, I wanted to go through it with you, T, and our audience and I want to I want to get your take on it. So let me get the story up. Here it is. So I thought we would start. So it happened in 1962. Mm-hmm. So Alcatraz is a prison that is on the coast of San Francisco, and it was a little. It's a little island that's swimming distance away from San Francisco. That there was there was a prison on. It's closed now, but you can do tours. You can do historic yeah. tours. We might post like a photo of it to promote the good episode idea as well. Very good idea, and. Alcatraz, this escape is well covered when you do like the tours of Alcatraz and things like that. So it was four inmates did the escape. Only three managed to escape, though. And they were Frank Morris, two brothers, John and Clancy Anglin, and a man called Alan West. Now, I thought I'd just go through the inmates first. So the first one, who was thought of as the mastermind of the oldest 
of the escape was called Franklin uh, Frank Lee Morris. And he spent a lot of his childhood in foster homes. He was convicted of his first criminal offence at 13 years old. Oh, my God. And by his late teens, had been arrested for crimes ranging from narcotics possession to armed robbery. He spent most of his early years in jail serving lunch to prisoners. Later, he was arrested for grand larceny in Miami Beach. Now, we don't think we have larceny in the UK. I think larceny, larceny is like armed robbery, I think. Oh, okay. I think that's what grand Just larceny is. Just another word for it. Yeah, right. I believe so. Morris reportedly ranked in the top 2% of the general population in intelligence as measured by IQ testing. He had an IQ of 133. So he served time in Florida and Georgia, then escaped from the Louisiana State Penitentiary while serving 10 years for bank robbery. He was recaptured a year later while committing a burglary and sent to Alcatraz on January 20th, 1960. So so only two years later did he try to escape. So he's escaped from two prisons at this point, which is amazing. So then there were two brothers... (laughs) Which is really great that this prisoner's escaped. Yeah, yeah so cool, James. <laughs> I do think it's incredible that he's managed to escape from two prisons. But yeah, no, that is, it is like... Obviously, that bit's not good. The bit that he's a criminal is not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, John and Clarence Anglin, two brothers, is the other next two inmates. The Anglin brothers, John William and Clarence, uh, born into a family of 13 in Georgia. Uh, their family were farmers in tomato fields. Clarence was the first caught breaking into a service station when he was 14 years old. The brothers began robbing banks and other establishments as a team in the early 1950s, usually targeting businesses that were closed to ensure that no one got injured. Well, that's... I I mean, I guess there's some sort of thought there. (laughs) Yeah. They claimed that they used a weapon only once during a bank heist, a toy gun. In 1958, John Clarence and Alfred Anglin, so a third brother, robbed the Columbia Savings Bank building in Columbia, Alabama. All received 35-year sentences, which they served at Florida State Penitentiary and then Atlanta Prison. After repeated attempts to escape from Atlanta facility, John and Clarence were transferred to Alcatraz. John on October 24th, 1960, and Clarence on January 10th, 1961. So there were three brothers, but only two ended up going to Alcatraz. And there was a bit of a difference. One was in October, and the next one wasn't until January, January the following the next year. year. yeah. Wow. And the final member of the Alcatraz escape was a man called Alan West, who was born in New York City. He has um, the same birthday as you, December 21st. No, that was his death date. He oh. died December twenty first, nineteen seventy. Yeah, but fair enough. I'll remember that next birthday. I'll be like, R.I.P. Alan West. So he was arrested twenty times throughout his lifetime. He was in prison for car theft in nineteen fifty five. Also went from Atlanta Penitentiary to Florida State Prison. So all of these prisoners seem to have had this. Seem to have commuted. <laughs> gone from Atlanta, Florida, yeah. Alcatraz. Yeah. After an escape attempt from the Florida facility, he was transferred to Alcatraz in nineteen fifty seven. At the age of 28. So, so it's so ironic. So they moved them from somewhere that they escaped to somewhere that they don't think that they can escape, yeah. but they escaped. Yeah. Alleged, allegedly. So here is the run. Here is the story of the escape. So the four inmates all knew each other from previous arc incarcerations in Florida and Georgia, which obviously we've just yeah. talked about. When they were assigned adjacent cells in December 1961, they began... Does form- adjacent mean next door to each other? Yeah, so basically either next door or opposite each other down the same sort of right. row. They began formulating an escape plan under the leadership of Morris, so Frank, the guy with the biggest IQ. We must have been through this 50 times already. 
and we'll go through with another 50 if that's what it takes. Over the subsequent six months, they widened the ventilation ducts beneath their sinks using discarded saw blades found on the prison grounds, metal spoons from the mess hall, and an electric drill improvised from the motor of a vacuum cleaner. That must have been so much hard work. That is smart, though. I'm, yeah. I remember seeing someone on, on, on Reddit, like a prison guard, say that it really shows that if you need, if you have the will and you want to get something oh, done, yeah. you will make something out oh, of something. Oh, yeah. Like a spoon and he's managed to like break a wall he made a drill out of a vacuum cleaner that's crazy yeah it's mad wow so the men concealed their work with painted cardboard and masked the noise with morris's accordion on top of the ambient dim of the music hour see they thought of it all they Mm. thought of it all so they got one of them to play an instrument while the other guy was using the drill oh my god I guess we got a tune to work to, fellas. So fantastic. And they must have passed the drill between each other in yeah. the cells to amazing. Once the holes were wide enough to pass through, the man, the men accessed the unguarded utility corridor directly behind their cells and climbed to the vacant top level of the cell block where they set up a workshop here using over 50 raincoats among other stolen and donated materials boys in the laundry stashed the parts they constructed life preservers based on a design one of them found in a magazine they also assembled a 6 by 14 foot rubber raft the seams carefully stitched by hand and sealed with heat from nearby steam pipes paddles were improvised from scrap wood and screws finally they climbed a ventilation shaft to the roof and removed the rivets holding a large fan in place to get access to to the roof. Oh my god! So they managed to make life preservers, so life jackets, and a raft out of fifty raincoats. That's crazy, isn't mm. it? They thought of it all. Yep. The men concealed their absence while working outside their cells and after the escape itself by sculpting dummy heads from a homemade paper mache-like mixture of soap toothpaste, concrete dust and toilet paper and giving them a realistic appearance with paint from the maintenance shop and hair from the barbershop floor with towels and clothing piled under the blankets in their bunks. Sorry, do you think that they nicked that stuff or they asked for it? Probably nicked it. I mean, the stuff on the barbershop floor, yeah, they could have nicked. No one would have missed stray hair. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like the paint and stuff, like, if if they can't, how it is... I would assume... A massive pot of paint, like, how would that... I would assume they would have the prisoners do jobs one of them be painted yeah, and they probably so. stole a bit of the paint yeah true to paint it with towels and clothing piled under the blankets in their bunks and the dummy heads positioned on the pillows they appeared to be sleeping so the escape happened on june the 11th 1962 so cast your mind back then that's quite a long time ago now we're talking 60 years no frank, 70 years frank was only in there for like a year and a half Over there. as well i aim to get off this rock because he get, went in in that January. He's a smart man. He went straight in. He was like, I'm getting I'm sorting out this out. plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And plus, like, what is also crazy is he they trusted. They all trusted each other that no one was going to dob on them. Yeah. Well, I assumed that the brothers obviously trusted each oh, other. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they didn't come up with the plan. It was Frank. Mm. So they trusted Frank that wasn't going to dob on them and vice versa. Yeah. It must have been the fact that they knew each other from previous yeah, prison visits. Yeah, I think that That helped. they were confident to... Mm. To trust each other. So on the night of June the 11th, 1962, with all preparations in place, the men initiated their plan. 9.30, lights out. God begins his rounds. West discovered that the cement he had used to reinforce crumbling concrete around his vent had hardened, narrowing the opening and fixing the grill in place. By the time he managed to remove the grill and rewiden the hole, the others had left without him. Oh, he no. returned to his cell and went to sleep. You've been in the joint too long, Al. You've forgotten how to get 
Done. Now the thing is with that is I don't think that would would have been out of. They probably didn't leave. Oh, they probably him. didn't know. Yeah, one, yeah. either they didn't know or they didn't have a choice. They had a short time window yeah, yeah, to do yeah. this and they had to leave West behind. Yeah. So that's why Alan West, one, wasn't arrested because he was already in prison and two, um, why he didn't escape because his hole shrank. Didn't go to plan. Yeah. So from the service corridor, Morris and the aliens. <laughs> I love how I was like, oh no, they left him to escape prison. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> From the service corridor, Morris and the Anglins climbed the ventilation shaft to the roof. Guards heard a loud crash as they broke out of the shaft, but nothing further was heard, and the source of the noise was not investigated. Why? That's a bit silly. Yeah. Hauling the gear with them, they descended 50 feet to the ground by sliding down a kitchen vent pipe, then climbed two 12-foot barbed wire perimeter fences at the northeast shoreline near the power plant, a blind spot in the prison's network of searchlights and gun towers. They inflated their raft with a concertina stolen from another inmate and modified to serve as a bellows. How the bloody hell did they manage to nick a raft? No, they made it, remember? They made it out of 50 raincoats. Okay, also, okay, reworded. How the f- did they make a raft out of 50 raincoats? Well, it said that they sewed it and then they used the heat from nearby steam pipes to like heat seal. That's so... like, How do they think of that stuff? He's, he's clever, old Frank. Yeah. Old Frankie. Oh, you better be right about this, Weasel. Come on, hurry it up! So at some time after 10pm, investigators estimated, they boarded the raft, launched it and departed toward their objective, Angel Island, two miles to the north. So do you think they know all this information because of Alan West? Or yes. do you think, because obviously they haven't been found, so how do they definitely know all of that stuff? Um, it would have been from him. Alan West fully complied with the police during the investigation, which we will get to in right. a moment. But that is basically how they know all of this. I was going to say, because that wouldn't make sense if they knew mm. that. So, the escape was not discovered until the morning of June 12th due to the successful dummy head ruse, which, if you visit Alcatraz, they have the dummy heads there. They've got them still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that they made Mm. to distract the guards, yeah. Multiple military and law enforcement agencies conducted an extensive air, sea and land search over the next 10 days. On June 14th, a Coast Guard cutter picked up a paddle floating about 200 yards off the southern shore of Angel Island. On the same day and in the same general location, workers on another boat found a wallet wrapped in plastic, complete with names, addresses and photos of the Anglin's friends and relatives. I didn't think you allowed your wallet on you when you were in prison. Sounds like he had made a wallet. It said it was a uh, found a wallet wrapped in plastic. Oh, maybe, well, maybe like a wallet pl- rast- so wrapped in plastic so it doesn't get wet. That's what yeah. I'd assume. I guess maybe he was allowed it because it didn't have anything except photos of loved ones. True, I guess so. Yeah. So that might be why he was allowed it in prison. Yeah. On June twenty first, sheds or shreds of raincoat material believed to be remnants of the raft were found on the beach not far from the Golden Gate Bridge. The following day, a prison boat picked up a deflated life jacket made from the same material off Alcatraz Island. According to the final FBI FBI report, no other physical evidence was ever found. Whoa. During that search. I don't know if they found any more later. Yeah. FBI agents surmised early on that the men had drowned. They cited the fact that the individual's personal effects were the only belongings they had and the men would have drowned before leaving them behind. I don't know if that's true. But where's their bodies then yeah. if they drowned, you know? No human remains were found at the time and, in <laughs> fact, have been found ever. 
On July 17th, a month after the escape, a Norwegian ship spotted a body floating in the ocean 15 nautical miles from the Golden Gate Bridge. The ship did not retrieve the body. What? Well, it, was, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't like a police thing. Oh, like it was like a massive ship? Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Ship. But surely you would still call somebody to go and investigate it? I think they did. But Sorry, I'm like... I might be skipping what yeah, you were no, going to say. Fine. Ask your question. I'm getting passionate. <laughs> it's good to have an inquisitive mind. The ship did not retrieve the body and did not report the sighting until October. What the Yet fuck? they found they noticed the body in July. That's so bizarre. That hinders the investigation somewhat. Just a bit. But San Francisco County Coroner Henry Turkle cast doubt on speculation that it could have been one of the escapees, emphasising the improbability that a body would still be floating on the surface of the ocean after more than a month, which he has got a point True, there. very Something true, would have actually. That off. Instead, Turkle proposed that the corpse may have been that of Cecil Herman, a 34-year-old unemployed baker who had jumped from the Golden Gate Bridge five days earlier. Ah, Right. So most likely him. Several commoners. Still, from... it's not very nice that they decided to just you know go past it and not say anything. And I and then October. they woke up on October. Like, oh shit! We saw that body in July. I should probably say something about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh so bizarre. Yeah. So the FBI investigators announced their official position that while it was theoretically possible for the men to have reached Danger Island, the odds of their having survived the turbulent currents and frigid waters of the bay were negligible. They're dead. All right, can I go now? According to the final FBI report, West said that they had planned to steal clothes and a car upon reaching land, but no such thefts were reported in the immediate area. Well, I disagree with the FBI... And I want to, and there is going to be stuff that I'll go into here where I think that there were thefts and there were things stolen in the immediate area. And I do think they escaped. And not only that, I think they lived quite a long life afterwards. Yeah, I personally, if they haven't found any bodies or anything like that, and to be fair, they seem very smart. I hi- like. I feel like they would have thought about it all. Like, I highly doubt they would have gone through all that effort, made a raft, made like an exit, and then they drown i don't know know what i mean like i just i don't think that would have happened i don't know how he would have done it whether it be using the radio or something but i feel like frank morris would have taken the weather into account when he was planning his escape oh 100 i i think he would have if he 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 would have thought of it all wouldn't he yeah i personally think the fbi at the time were probably saying that they probably drowned because they didn't want the negligence to go, they didn't you want know, to be like, oh yeah, someone can escape Alcatraz. What are we going to yeah, do about as that well, now? As well as promote other prisoners to do the same. Yeah, no, I agree. So West was the only conspirator not to participate in the actual escape. Obviously, he went back to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fully cooperated with the investigation and was therefore not charged for his role. Crazy. So there you go. But he was then transferred to Washington when Alcatraz was deactivated in 1963. So only a year after this escape. Was when they so that Alcatraz. makes sense then they just didn't they so they obviously deemed it as unsafe and mm-hmm. very escapable so, but they didn't want to admit that so they just shut it they yep. just shut the prison yeah absolutely. crazy uh, so he did to, after and he finished his sentence after serving his sentence he was released in 1967 only to be arrested again in Florida the following year on charges of grand larceny so West liked himself a prison cell just when they thought I was out. They pull me back in. Yeah, basically. What I find crazy as well is um, 
like those people that if they so if they did escape let's say and they lived a long life so the brothers and the and uh frank mm. they would be absolute idiots to commit another crime yeah do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so hopefully they've kind of taken it as like we've escaped we're out let's just you know be yeah. good and be low-key for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. so to finish off west story for us in this he when he was at florida state prison he fatally stabbed another inmate in 1972 in what may have been a racially motivated incident he was serving multiple sentences including life imprisonment on the murder conviction when he died in 1978 on my birthday (laughs) so what did he die of did they say um it said acute peritonitis which i don't know what that is no idea you can on this website you can normally like click on it and find out yeah it's an inflammation of the peritoneum the lining on the inner wall of the abdomen so abdominal infection that sounds very painful yeah that's the end of west story so we've got three inmates left the three that actually escaped yeah the two brothers and frank Mm. so because alcatraz cost more to operate than other prisons that's why they said it was closed in March 1963. <laughs> nice excuse. Yep. You also, James also told me something quite cool as well, is that the inmates, they ate really well there and they had hot showers because um, they wanted they didn't want them to get used to the cold showers like they do in other, like other prisons have cold showers. They didn't want them to get yeah. used to that because obviously the sea was cold. So people like Frank and the brothers were probably very... Um, not used to the cold water because they have hot showers yeah. and which I thought was very clever of like to think of stuff like that and also with food as well because they didn't have much room on the ship to deliver like the foods and the goods for the prison everybody ate the same so all the um prison guards and everything like that and the inmates they all ate the same so they ate really well as well yeah which is really interesting because obviously i bet a lot of prisoners a lot of prisoners in different prisons wanted to go to this prison yeah they did yeah prisoners actually wanted to transfer to alcatraz funnily enough the fbi closed its file on december 31st 1979 after a 17-year investigation. Their official finding was that the prisoners most likely drowned in the cold water of the bay while attempting to reach Angel Island. Which I don't agree so with. So they just ruled it as that and left it closed, like closed mm. the case. Yeah, but Mad. the US Marshal still has an active warrant out for the arrest. So, but the warrant will expire on 2030 when all of the missing men would be at least 100 years old. Oh, okay. So the FBI have closed their investigation, but the uh, the US Marshal Service still has a warrant out for their so arrest. So if they're all at least 100 in 2030, and it's now 2022, hmm. they're probably around 27, 28? No, not 20, sorry. 27, 28, that's not what I meant. I meant um, <laughs> 93, Yeah, probably around that age. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. <clears throat> in um so we're going to get to the reported sightings now. So they have escaped the prison at this point and in January 1965 the FBI investigated a rumor that Clarence Anglin, so one of the brothers, was living in Brazil. Agents were dispatched to S- South America but found no direct evidence that he was there. You got to think in these instances how thorough was their investigation? Brazil is a you know, how thorough was their investigation, you know, that sort of thing. A man called the Bureau in 1967, claiming to have been Morris's classmate and to have known him for 30 years. He said that he had bumped into him in Maryland and described him as having a small beard and moustache, but refused to give further details. So we're getting dribs and drabs of people here. Now, the things with the family members, particularly of the Anglin brothers, is what brings a lot of my 
reasoning into why I think they're still alive into oh, this. Oh, okay. You don't think about God The family members of the Angian brothers occasionally received postcards and messages over the years. Most were unsigned. One was signed Jerry and another Jerry and Joe. The family also produced a Christmas card purportedly received in the family mailbox in 1962 saying, To mother from John, Merry Christmas. Another of the Anglin's 11 siblings, Robert, also said that sometimes the phone would ring and all that could be heard was breathing on the other end. Robert said, I suppose all that could have been pranks, but maybe it was my brother's. The mother of the Anglin brothers received flowers anonymously every Mother's Day until her death in 1973, and two very tall, unusual women in heavy makeup were reported to have attended her funeral. Whoa. Federal officials say that in the mid to late 1960s and into the 1970s, there were six or seven sightings reported of the Anglin brothers all in North Florida or Georgia. Robert said that in 1989, when the father of the Anglin brothers died, two strangers in beards showed up at the funeral home. According to Robert, they stood in front of the casket looking at the body a few minutes. They wept, then they walked out. My God, who else would it be? Like, that yeah. makes so much sense. That's crazy. Also, if they're, like, still, like, around America, like, they haven't gone to another country, like, they're still in um, states around America, hmm. like, they're getting away with it. Like, yeah. they're literally, like, walking Proper off -grid. the ground and, like, no one's really coming after them. They've just kind of, you know, left them to do these kind of things and it's crazy that they were getting away with that. Two tall women in really heavy yeah, makeup. Surely someone would like go up to them and ask them like, oh, what's your relation to them? Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. It's very, very strange. But that, so, that seems very mm. believable to me. Like, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. In 1989, a woman who identified herself only as Kathy called Unsolved Mysteries to uh, tip line to report that a photo of Clarence Anglin matched the description of a man who lived on a farm near Mariana, Florida. Another woman also recognised the photo of Clarence Anglin and said he lived near Mariana. She correctly identified his eye colour, height and other physical features. Another witness claimed that a sketch of Frank Morris bore a striking resemblance to a man she had seen in the same area. Oh, my God. So those are people in Florida as well. So the funeral so, stuff all happened in Florida. Yeah. And these two people in the same town... Um, so they just decided to stay around Florida area or like happily go back to Florida area. People Apparently. are tipping them off and still no one went after them. To be fair, for them anyway, Florida is the complete other side of America to San Francisco. So, I mean, they've fled, still fled quite a fair way. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But then again... Yeah, but if people are tipping them off, surely they'll go and investigate it. Yeah, no, that's right. And also, well, to be fair, they also spent time in Florida State Penitentiary, so they're not far from places they've been before. Exactly. Weird. Yeah. Weird. So, here's an, in- here's an interesting one. A day after the escape, a man claiming to be John Anglin called a lawyer in San Francisco to arrange a meeting with the US Marshal's office. When McGowan refused, the caller terminated the phone. Why would he want to have a meeting with them then? I assume that he want he wanted a lawyer to I don't know to maybe bribe or sort of some pardon or something like that. I don't know. Interesting. But they said John called a lawyer where after they had escaped. That's but, very strange. It's yeah. like they're almost like trying to rub it in mm. and like they're enjoying it. You yeah. know. Yeah. Robert Chechi, a San Francisco police officer, said that at 1am on the morning of June 12th, he saw an illegal boat in the bay near Alcatraz. A few minutes later, the boat left, heading under the Golden Gate Bridge. This led to speculation that the prisoners might have enlisted outside Confederates to pick them up. Maybe. Maybe. Sorted out. Don't. Might be a bit far-fetched. Could you but... do your phone calls or something? Maybe. Alcatraz. And they could have sorted out uh, yeah. someone to come pick them up. Very true. I like how that got brought up like so much later, like after. <laughs> like, how would you even mm. have recollection of that, you know? Someone did a deathbed confession about the escape. Who? A man named John Leroy Kelly dictated an extended deathbed confession to his nurse in 1993. Kelly claimed that he and a partner picked up Morris and the Anglins in a boat and transported them to the Seattle, Washington area. Later, under the guise of transporting them to Canada, Kelly and his partner murdered the escapees to get the £40,000 their families had collected for them. So this man in his deathbed claimed that he murdered Morris and the Anglins to get £40,000 from their families. What? So that's an interesting other thing, but is that is that true or not? Maybe. And now here's another here's another one for the escape is that Mythbusters tested the feasibility of the escape and they said that it was possible. <laughs> mm. yeah, obvi- I feel like it's 100% possible like they did escape mm. whether they died after or whatever. It, they 100% escaped. Like This is the one. You know earlier I said that the FBI said that there were no thefts or 
things yeah. of cars or anything afterwards. Yeah. So they did it in 2011. They did a documentary on National Geographic entitled Vanished from Alcatraz. And they reported that contrary to the official FBI report, a raft was discovered on Angel Island on June 12th, the day after the escape, with footprints leading away from it. Furthermore, a 1955 blue Chevrolet was reported stolen in Marin County the same day, a claim corroborated by, by stories in the Times and the San Francisco Examiner. The following day, a motorist in California, 80 miles east of San Francisco, reported to the California Highway Patrol that he had been forced off the road by three men in a blue Chevrolet. Oh my God, that's crazy that they, tried to, that they originally tried to hide that information. So they found a raft, they found footprints away from it, they found a car stolen... And, and somebody else a witnessed man it. In uh, the California, was held up by three men in the same car. Yeah, that's crazy. That makes so much sense that like that happened. They obviously escaped. Yeah. I'm sorry, FBI. And they lived there, <laughs> and they lived a, a, a fun life or yeah. whatever. Like they still managed to attend their father's and mother's funeral, mm-hmm. and speak to their family and give their mother flowers and I don't know who knows where they were living and what they were up to they probably didn't have a job or anything yeah. but I find some of these stories in this bit are very interesting see that's the thing as well like so if they escaped obviously they they wouldn't have gotten a job because that would have no. been really ridiculous so then how would they have actually have lived like I guess they might have been able to fake change their names I was what I'm thinking small jobs like on a farm or that's something. what I'm thinking like change their appearance a bit get mm. different names because there's no way they would have been able to live with zero income and they couldn't exactly um do some more burg- burglary because then they would get arrested again if they went to a different continent which I do believe they spent a lot of time in South America after this mm. uh, I think it would have been much easier to get a job yeah, and, not and everyone stuff. knew about them. Mm. Yeah. Someone said here, the same year, an 89-year-old man named Bud Morris, who claimed he was a cousin of Frank, said that on eight or nine occasions prior to the escape, he delivered envelopes of money to Alcatraz guards, presumably as bribes. He further claimed to have met his cousin face-to-face in a San Diego park shortly after the escape. His daughter, who was eight or nine years old at the time, said she was present at the meeting with Dad's friend Frank but had no idea about the escape. Interesting. Yeah. See, these ev- these pieces of evidence, yeah, we can't prove that they're true, but they're so black and white, mm. and like they were doing nothing about them. They weren't investigating them. Yeah. Here's something interesting that scientists did a study on the, uh, on the ocean currents around Alcatraz, mm. and they concluded that if the prisoners left Alcatraz at 11.30 p.m., which was around the time that they did leave, they could have made it to Horseshoe Bray, just north of Gorfengate Bridge, and that any debris would have floated in the direction of Angel Island, which is consistent with where the paddle and the belongings were found. Oh, my God. Mm. You're you crazy son of a bitch. You're dead. It's crazy. Yeah. So they did more talks, more evidence gathered with the Anglin family as well. I think this is the main big bulk of uh, evidence we've got left here. So the Anglin family display Christmas cards containing the Anglin's handwriting and allegedly received by family members for three years after the escape. While the handwriting was verified as the Anglin's, none of the envelopes contained a postmarked stamp, so experts could not determine when they had been delivered. The family cited a story from family friend Fred, who grew up with the brothers and claimed to recognise them in Rio de Janeiro in 1975, so in Brazil. 
They moved on to Brazil, wow. Mm. They produced photographs purportedly taken by Brizzy, including one of two men. I know, Fred Brizzy, his name is. Uh Who, according to Brizzy, were John and Clarence Anglin standing next to a large termite mound. Other photos showed a Brazilian farm that Brizzy claimed was owned by the men. So they did own and work on a farm, it seems, in Brazil. Right, okay. That answers my question, then Mm -hmm. that makes sense now. Forensic experts working for the family confirmed that the photos were taken in 1975 and asserted that the two men were more than likely the Anglans, although the age and condition of the photo and the fact that both men were wearing sunglasses hindered efforts to make a definitive determination. Oh my God. So they literally just got away with this and they managed to Mm. just do whatever they wanted and no one was coming after them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. And uh, someone, a retired U.S. Marshal who had once headed the investigation, said that Brizzy's photograph of the two men was absolutely the best actionable leave we'd had. It could st- it could still all be a nice story, which isn't true, uh, that they died, you know. Yeah. But the, where's the thing that I found? Here we go. In January 2020, so January last year, an Irish creative agency and AI specialists used facial recognition techniques to conclude that the men in the photo were John and Clarence Anglin. So, like, they would have run it through the system to see if that's what they... Yeah, so they would have gone old photos of John and Clarence. They would have used AI to study this photo that they've got of them in 1975, and they would have concluded that these this was John, this was John and Clarence. Wow! So shut up, interesting. Yeah. Mm. So Robert Anglin reportedly told family members before his death in 2010 that he had been in contact with John and Clarence from 1963 until around 1987. Surviving family members who said they have heard nothing since Robert lost contact with the brothers announced plans to travel to Brazil to conduct a personal search. But Roderick cautioned they could be arrested by Brazilian authorities because the Alcatraz escape remains an open Interpol case. And also this was mad. I remember this coming out in the news two years ago. The FBI confirmed the existence of a letter in 2018, so bloody years and years after this escape, Mm. allegedly written by John Anglin and received by the police department in 2013. So John Anglin apparently wrote them a letter in 2013. The writer asserted that Frank Morris died in 2008 and was buried in Alexandria under a different name and Clarence Anglin died in 2011. His purpose in writing the letter, he said, was to negotiate his surrender in exchange for medical treatment of his cancer. Whoa. Which, fair enough, I think 2008 and 2011 are very believable years that those two could have died. Because mm-hmm. they were they were grown men in 1962, so that's quite a long time. Mm-hmm. They would have been in their 70s and 80s, and so well, yeah, you... we just we just figured out that this year they would be around 94. Yeah. So in 2018, they probably would have been about 90, mm. which is you know a really good age. Yeah. So they got this letter in 2013, and um, so obviously he, which obviously medical treatment costs money in America doesn't it yeah so he was obviously saying i'll have one year in prison you pay for my medical treatment Damn. and obviously they said he no. was desperate and they, they they must have thought something of the letter to not release it until 2018 which i reckon they were probably waiting until possibly well after he's died yeah so yeah because the, they probably read it and they thought he's got cancer he's gonna die soon like i i think the fbi proper covered this up well badly i don't know but. why though like I Surely think... they would. They they're on the side of wanting to them to be arrested. Like I don't get why they would like because them hiding it is them protecting them. Reputation's sake, I think. 
But that's stupid. Like people have committed a crime and they're rather them their reputation. Like why can't they just be like, hold my hands up? They've you know they're smart. They got out. We're mm. we're gonna obviously close Alcatraz now and make sure that all prisons are more secure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon maybe. Obviously, I've got no knowledge. I'm not a member of the FBI. I reckon they probably did some sort of um, judgment call on whether they deemed them a threat now that they'd escaped. Yeah, oh, obviously, they, judged, they would have studied it hard. I think they would have judged that because it would have, you know, they want to stay escaped. They weren't, and then I think they closed the investigation and said they'd died. Yeah, I like I said, like they would be an idiot to commit another crime, mm-hmm. and the only crime, by the sounds of it, that they committed was nicking that car. It's, and... the, ca- it's the car. Yeah, that is what sold it to me. Is they escaped? The fact that there's someone in a completely other state. Yeah, that had the same car with three men in it and was held up. Yeah, like yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And and the stuff about that it would make such a great movie. The yeah, they need about... they need to make that into a movie. The stuff about the two women at the funeral, mental. Right, Mental. we've said it here first. We own rights to the movie. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't work. Yeah. That wouldn't work because somebody's no. probably already... They might be filming it right now. We don't mm. know. Um. <laughs> yeah, but what do you guys think? Do you guys think they really escaped from Alcatraz prison? I would love to know what your guys' thoughts are. Do you think they died? Do you think they drowned? Some people might have... Uh, uh, what I also find interesting is when we like talk about these stories is some people like they tell us other information yeah. that they have that we you know didn't find and i just find that really cool like if they have other facts on this or knowledge of this like mm. please let us know awesome there you <laughs> go. join us next episode yeah on that note for more amazing stories <laughs> if you've got anything that you want us to talk about if you've got any relationship advice or interesting stories then please message us at court case podcast on instagram or email us court case podcast at gmail.com thanks guys see you soon bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.